couple months ago, my sister sent uh, our entire family a, a Facebook message, and it said, I'm so excited. And uh, she attached a link to the message, and so I clicked on the link, and it said, NBC agrees to bring friends back for one more season. She said, I'm so excited. Well, I started doing some research and, and digging around and uh, looked at the comments at the bottom of the page, and it was a completely fake uh, account. It was a completely fake link. Uh, I googled it, sure enough, completely fake. And uh, I looked at the, the article when it was published. It was April 1st, 2016. So uh, we, we had a good time joking around with her because she fell for an April Fool's joke uh, that someone, someone uh, made up. Uh, but we joked around with her and laughed because we've all been there. Whether it's the office or friends or your favorite uh, television show, all of our family members have fallen for some kind of reunion uh, fake link that's been posted out there. And so we, we joked around with her and made fun of her a little bit, you know, and gave her a hard time. Uh, but the sad part is that fake news is real. There's always fake links on the internet. Uh, you can find whatever you want to believe on the internet. And whether it's social media, the news, uh, the internet, there's fake links and fake news all around. How do you know what's true and how do you know what's a lie? How do you know what's fake and what's real? You have to do research, right? You have to go back and find the truth. Unfortunately, there has been fake news in the church over the years. Pretty much any time period that we've been in, or not just we, but pretty much any time period throughout the world, uh, there has been fake news that gets into the church. And that's because Satan doesn't want the truth to be out there. We saw that with King Josiah. Fake news got into the church. How? Because they had kings and priests who decided that they didn't want to just worship one god, they wanted to worship a couple of gods. And so, uh, not only did the people worship God, but they worshipped another god named Baal. And to worship Baal, you had to go to God's temple and sleep with a prostitute. And the people simply believed it. They said, the priest and the king said it, it must be true, we believe it. And they believed the lie. In the 1500s, there's fake news in the church again. You could buy forgiveness. You could purchase with your money forgiveness. And it was fake news. There's fake news in the church today as well. And there was fake news in the church during Jesus' time. And praise God that there was, because Jesus addressed it. He addressed it in the scripture lesson that we're going to look at today. And it's John chapter 8. And, and what he's going to tell us is he's going to tell us what truth is and what that truth says for our life. Alright, and so here we are, we're in John chapter 8, beginning with, with verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is talking to the Jewish people. Uh, he was talking to both Jews who didn't believe in him and Jews who did believe in him. 
And at, in the middle of his discourse, he focuses attention to the Jews who di- did believe in him. And he said, listen, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word no. That word no in Greek is a word called gnosko, and it means to know by experience. So Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are going to be set free and you're going to know it by experience. And the reason I bring that up now is because it's going to come back later on. So be, be looking for that later on uh, in, in the sermon here. But you will know by experience the truth and the truth will set you free. And he says to the Jews, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the what? The truth. And if you're following along, uh, this is your first point. Truth number one. Jesus' word is the only truth. Jesus, God, God's word is the only truth. We can think that Reformation just happened 500 years ago, but that would be a false belief. Because Reformation happens every single day of our life. Because God's Word is the only truth that we have. It's the only truth. Everything else can lie to us. And and, and so we need to constantly be going back to God's Word for truth. Martin Luther wrote some good stuff. But just because Martin Luther wrote it doesn't mean we automatically believe it. We go back to God's Word and compare Just because Stephen Apt is up here talking to you doesn't mean you should simply believe it. You compare what I say with what God's Word says and see if it lines up. Just because you feel something, you think something, you want to believe something, doesn't mean you should just automatically believe it. But you go back to God's truth and compare what you're feeling with what God's Word says. Because God's Word is the only truth that we have. And if something disagrees with God's Word, we have to submit ourselves to God's Word because, again, it's the only truth that we have. Now, this has big implications for your life, doesn't it? If God's Word is the only truth that we have, then we need to continue to be in it. If our hearts can lie to us, then we need to constantly be getting a daily dose of truth. Isn't it wonderful that you never have to wonder what's on God's mind? You never have to wonder what His will is for your life. You can open His truth and read His will for your life is that you be saved, to have a relationship with you. Isn't it so comforting to know that you never have to question if God loves you? You can open up to Romans chapter 8 and you can see that nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And you can believe it because it's 100% God's truth. This book, the Bible, is the only unbiased truth that we have. And that is fact. And that's truth number one. And Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. From what? 
the Jews weren't so happy with Jesus who, who implied that they're not free. And here's what the Jewish people said to Jesus. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now, we, we understand where they're coming from, right? Think from a Jewish person's perspective for a second here. They were the nation that God chose to bring the Messiah into the world. And yes, there was a group of the Jewish people who uh, didn't always believe in God. They worshipped other gods. But these Jews are there saying, we've never been slaves of any other god. We've never worshipped any other god. How are you going to say that we are owned by something? I am free. And we get it. Imagine if Jesus was standing here this morning and He said to you, Hey, I'm here to set you free. We probably have one of two thoughts, right? One, I've been Christian my whole life. Uh, I believed in God and in you, Jesus, my whole life. How are you going to set me free? I've, I've never worshipped any other God. Or two, we live in America. We, we've been free for quite some time. What are you talking about, Jesus. And Jesus answers them. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And that's your second point this morning. Truth number two, we are all owned by sin. We don't like to think about that, do we? The Jewish people didn't like to think about it. Uh, That's why they were so upset. But we don't like to think about it either. Uh, But ironically, this is kind of a a known thing, even in in atheist circles. Uh, They don't call it sin. They call it passions and desires. But there's there's a, a philosopher during the time of Jesus who was walking around, living the same time Jesus did. His name was Seneca. And Seneca said that there is no greater bondage than that of the passions. Another philosopher named David Hume in the 1700s, he said pretty much the exact same thing, that uh, our, our emotions enslave us. And our passions enslave us. And it's true. We are all owned by our passions our emotions, and our desires. And what do they do? They lead us down a sinful path. And as we examine our hearts, as we examine our lives, we see that, don't we? We don't intend to go out and sin. We don't leave here after church and think, I'm going to go home and uh, get angry with my spouse and yell. That's not on our to-do list. But then something triggers us and we almost can't help it. Sin tells us to do something and we do it. We're out in public and all of a sudden we see a beautiful woman and sin tells us to lust. And boom, we're filled with lust. We, We obey. Or we're watching our favorite actor on TV or... Uh, see a, a beautiful woman online. Lust. 
okay, and we obey. We uh, are watching TV or, uh, and we see that new iPhone. We see the, the perfect family on TV and we get filled with coveting thoughts. Sin says, covet, be discontent. And we say, okay. And we become covetous, discontent in where we are in life. We're out and all of a sudden something triggers us and sin says, be angry and lash out. So we lash out at our spouse, our kids, the person who cuts us off on on the street. And we lash out. Again, we don't go out and intend to do these things. This isn't what we want to do, but sin, as our master, tells us to do it, and we give in, and we do it. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, Satan comes and he manipulates us and abuses us even more in our relationship with sin. Satan comes to us and he says, Hey, no big deal, right? And he says, You're secure. You're fine. Not a big deal. Because look at who you are. That's what he got with the Jewish people, right? The Jewish people said, How can you say we're slaves? We've never been owned by anyone. What was the lie Satan was whispering to them? You're Abraham's descendants. No big deal. You're God's chosen people. Who cares if you sin a little bit? You're fine. Satan comes and whispers the same thing to us too, right? You've been Christian your whole life. You're in church every Sunday. You live a morally good life. Who cares? Not a big deal. And he says, be secure because of who you are and what you have done. Or... Satan comes to us in the exact opposite end of the coin and he comes to us and and, and he says, hey, look at this relationship you have with sin. You think God can love you after you did that? No, you better not go to God. In fact, you better keep what you did to yourself. Don't tell anybody about your thoughts, about your actions or what you said because your Christian friends, they won't want to be friends with you after you did that. And he gets you to despair. It's bad enough that we're slaves to sin, but then Satan comes and abuses us and manipulates us, right? And praise God for His truth. Because where else are you going to hear the truth that we are owned by sin? You think the internet's going to tell you that? The internet is going to fuel your lust and say it's okay. You think TV is going to tell you that coveting is bad? No, that's where all businesses go to feed off of your coveting to get you to buy their products. They want you to be discontent so that you buy stuff from them. You think social media is going to tell you that being angry and lashing out at people is wrong? No, they're just going to fuel your fire. Push your buttons. And Satan and sin are going to say, lash out! If it wasn't for God's truth, we would not know where we are and what the truth is. 
We would have no idea that all sin is trying to do is to drag us away from Jesus and get us into hell. That's the goal of sin. And God's truth says, there is nothing we can do about it. There is nothing we can do to free ourselves from this relationship. That is truth. But here's number tr- truth number three for you. Only Jesus can free us. That's truth number three. Only Jesus can free us. Here's how Jesus ends his conversation with the Jewish people. Jesus says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's exactly what Jesus did, didn't He? That's why Jesus was standing there talking to the Jewish people. He came to set people free from this slavery to sin. And that's what He did. Through Jesus' perfect life, His innocent death and resurrection, He broke that chain to sin. He broke our bondage to sin, and we no longer face the consequences of our sin. Namely, eternal punishment in hell. He freed us from that. And now what Jesus has done is He's really changed your status. He says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So what does that mean? That means through Jesus' perfect life, His death and resurrection, He changed your status from a slave to God's child. And that's what you are now. Not because of what you've done, not because of your track record, but because of what Jesus has done. You are God's child, loved, forgiven because of Jesus. And so now when Satan comes and he whispers to you, and he says, uh, hey, you're okay, no big deal. You can be honest with him and say, hey Satan, uh, actually look at my track record, it's not very good. Uh, In fact, look at these sins. But guess what? Me getting to heaven doesn't... Uh, rest on my moral performance, but on Jesus' performance. And Jesus' performance was perfect in your place. And that's how God sees you. He sees you by Jesus' performance, not your own. When Satan comes to you and he whispers that lie that says, you need to despair and feel guilty, you can say, nope, not going to happen, Satan. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. All of them have been washed Away, I will not despair because my God loves me and has forgiven me. This is only found in God's truth. If it wasn't for God's word, we would have no idea about any of this. We would believe the lies that Satan tries to tell us. We would believe that we are owned by sin and that we have no choice. Praise God for His truth and that He has given us His truth. 
because now we know we are set free from sin. We're not only set free from its consequences, but we're also set free one other way. And this is what I want to close with this morning. We're going to flip over to Romans chapter 6, where St. Paul says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. For sin shall no longer be your master but you are not, because you are not under the law but under grace. Paul says when Jesus died, you were connected with Him and crucified with Him. And what that means is that sin is no longer your master. Before, you couldn't say no to sin. Sin told you to do something, you obeyed. But now, Jesus has set you free so that you can say no to sin. Do you understand what that means? We don't have to sin. We can say no. When we begin to feel coveting thoughts, covetous thoughts, we can say, no, sin, I'm not going to listen because I am content with what my God has given me. And He has blessed me beyond my wildest imagination. He has given me forgiveness, heaven. As we, we begin to fill with lust, we can say, no, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against my God? As we begin to feel anger rise up in us and we want to lash out at that driver, we can say, no, I am thankful that my God kept me safe and kept the other person safe as well. Praise God. Now, we might not always say no to sin, right? Because we still live in a sinful world. But now we have the opportunity to say no, the strength to say no, because Jesus has set us free and has empowered us to be able to say no. Again, we're still going to fall into sin, and when we do, we don't despair, and we don't rest on ourselves, but we rest on Jesus and what He's done for us. He's set you free from the consequences of sin, and He has set you free from listening to sin as your master, you can say no. Are you seeing why Scripture alone is such a big deal? Because it's only in Scripture that we hear this unbiased truth of who we are and how Jesus has set us free. And so we praise God that He has given us His truth. And we ask His blessing as we go into the future that He not only holds us to His truth, but Christian churches throughout the world. Because it's the only truth that we have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your truth that You have given to us. We thank You that You have preserved Your truth over all the years, starting way back from when You first gave it to us. We ask that as we go into the future, uh, even tomorrow, that you help us to hold to your truth and always reform our hearts back to it. Be with us as we hold to, hold to it and we spread it to others. In your name we pray. Amen.